All right. Are we ready? I think we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're so back. We're so back. We're so back, baby. It's 2024, and we are back. It's the new year. Get ready to write the date wrong on your piece of paper for like a <laughs> month straight. <laughs> like, damn, it's 2024. Oh, a whole lot of scribbles. So yeah. Scribble yeah, at the yeah, three. Yeah. Four. Well, right. welcome to Triple Feature. Um, my name is Emma. I'm Freddie. And I'm Seabear. And the three of us make a triple feature. So we're back in January with a whole new theme. Whole our new theme, theme. Which we teased back in our It's a Wonderful Life episode. Mockumentary. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Mockumentary. That was a term coined by the brilliant you know should we i didn't even think should we read (laughs) off like an official definition of what a mockumentary is yes i think we should what's a mockumentary frederick mockumentary i don't think we need to look it up we could just i mean i guess we could explain it but i didn't know if we wanted to be slightly more official basically a mockumentary is just a it's a movie that is set up and filmed to look like a documentary but it is entirely fictional And so part of the appeal and the sell is like how how true to form you can recreate like the documentary aesthetic. Right. While telling something that is, you know. The official definition says a motion picture or television program. I think the television programs have really had a trend in the 2010s yeah. and then you know we don't see it as much these days uh that takes the form of a serious documentary in order to satirize its subject so some very popular examples of mockumentary tv shows like the office mm-hmm. or parks and rec something that's happening right now which is very popular is abbott elementary is also a, a mockumentary some movies which we won't spoil our picks <laughs> but Something like Best in Show is a mockumentary, um, which is about a dog show. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't, I seen, haven't seen it either, show. but it's on my list. Yeah. I really want to see it. Or or Borat. Borat. Borat is a mockumentary. Yeah, that's a big one. Borat is filmed like a documentary. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically... So, so all of them are... It's a very, very, very sub-sub-genre of comedy. Yeah. Um, so, all of the movies that we'll be watching in January are mockumentaries. That's why the list, or the month is called Mockumentary. Kind of just using that really S- dumb tra- pun. We're a puntastic trashuary. <laughs> and we love alliteration. <laughs> I love alliteration. <laughs> Give me alliteration all the time. So yeah, um so Freddie Freddie's pick is today. Uh, we're going to get into that later. We teased in 2023 a whole year ago. A whole year ago that um his pick would be 1984's This is Spinal Tap, which um I didn't know about, but apparently <laughs> is a very prolific mockumentary yeah. uh i know about it now because i watched it but i didn't then <laughs> <laughs> which we'll talk about we'll talk a little bit about that so yeah um yeah it's been a long time since we've been together 
it's, it's been a while. Sorry, <laughs> we're so back. <laughs> we're so but back. We're so back. Um, it's been so long that Freddie has six movies to six talk about. Six whole movies. Oh my God. Uh, what? Freddie, do you want to tell us about these six movies you that you've watched? You think that we haven't been together for like six for weeks. two months. <laughs> I mean, genuinely. Um, what, what did you, what have you seen since we last talked? So, I've seen, I have seen quite a few movies. By quite a few, I mean not it's, as, not the most out of all of us. <laughs> it's, cra- it's actually crazy how many movies he's seen. Yeah. It's crazy. So, we were, uh, we spent New Year's up with my family. And so, that's where a lot of, like, the movie watching happened. Um... But going through the list here, I watched Black Christmas, the 2006 slasher movie. Not the original one. Um, No, not the original one, which when we actually watched that with um, my sister-in-law and some of our friends. And I will say, I really enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed Black Christmas 2006. Okay. Um, I saw that movie once. Yeah. Uh, I very, I, I was very pleasant. I was very pleasant. The remake, remake is bad. It. What was that? I said the remake is good. The remake, remake is bad. When was the remake, remake? The 2019, 2018. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's, there's okay. another Black Christmas. There's three. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I also watched Dazed and Confused. Ew. I watched Dazed and Confused with my parents. You don't like Dazed and Confused? Why? Why? Why would you assume that? Did you say you? No, I said Ayo. I thought you said you. Oh. I yeah, like, I kind of heard you. What's wrong with Days Confused? <laughs> so funny. No. no, no, no. I've been trying to convince my parents to I'm watch a- Days and Confused for probably like a year. I'm a big Linklater lover. Yeah. Well, that's why I was so surprised. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway. Watch Days and Confused. Finally, finally, I was like, "You guys would really like this movie." Honestly, I don't know how they, I don't know how they felt about it. They Every didn't say I much after I tell my parents it. that they would really like a movie, and then they don't say anything to me about it, I'm like, I'm internalizing how much they disdain every time I like <laughs> recommend, recommend something to you to them because they never say it's anything. The <sighs> and it's I'm the like, Heyo Kojima tweet. Where he tweeted that he was gonna watch Saltburn, and everyone's like, "Can't wait for this review." And he hasn't posted his review about it, so everyone's like, "He hated it." He hated Saltburn. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my but, god! Like, yeah, oh, no, if he hasn't said really... anything. It's like, oh, yeah. They didn't really say much about it, but That's... it seemed like it seemed like I will say, it seemed like they were more interested in in it than normal because they were like looking stuff up about the movie and they were trying to like figure out who these actors were that they were like recognizing so that's that's more interaction than i usually get out of them with a movie (laughs) so i do think that i do think that they enjoyed it to some extent um but also i they i feel like they probably didn't know really what to say after it because it's dazed and confused it's like one of those movies where you just feel like you you feel like you've just watched events unfold over the course of this one night. Yeah, it's a hangout movie. And it's like very It's slice of life. Yeah. But it's also very much rooted in Linklater's experience growing up in Texas in the 1970s. Yeah. And yeah, I always tell cuz my parents are probably the same age as yours mm-hmm. and I'm always just like you should watch this movie by Linklater because 
it literally is your life. Like you would know exactly what this is. Um, I had that experience wow. with Apollo, Apollo 10 and a half. Oh, okay. Which is, is, is which that... was the animated film that came out on Netflix a couple of years ago. Okay. But it's a Linklater movie. And um, anyway, I had that. I was like, y'all need to watch this. It's literally your childhood. Yeah. Um, but they just won't. <laughs> Well, well, but as a, so that was the thing. I didn't think they would watch it for a really long time. And then we sat down to watch a movie and we were originally, I'm not going to lie, we were going to watch the holdovers, but we didn't want to spend $20 on yeah. buying the holdovers because yeah. we were just like, we'll just rent one. Yeah. So that came up on my, but on, also I'm like, if I'm going to buy, movies. if I'm going to buy the holdovers, I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. 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 Like I don't want to buy a digital $20 copy of it for a digital copy. It's like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So we watched days and confused instead. Um, Love Days and Confused. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> also watched the Super Mario Brothers movie again. Um, my basically, basically my brother, um, uh, his family was over. Shout out Raceland, if you're listening, you know. So, um, <laughs> basically. We were all hanging out, uh, Graceland, Dana, and then our little nephews. And Cute. so we put we put Super Mario Brothers on for the nephews, which uh, they were telling me, if we call you in like a week and we've watched the Super Mario Brothers movie like 14 times, it's your fault. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <But> watch Super <laughs> Mario Brothers movie. That's the most terrible thing for a child to watch no, over, and over, it... and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, it's cute. It's got a bunch of references that, you know, hit serotonin buttons for me when I watch it. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I was literally crying, laughing in the theater, <laughs> so, watching you, the Peaches song. I was crying, laughing. It was, it was making me laugh even harder. Like <laughs> how hard you were laughing. Cause I was like laughing. And then I look over and you're like keeled <laughs> over crying. in the chair. I was literally like, oh my tears God. in my eyes. How hard I was laughing. <laughs> I may or may not have partaken in, um, in you know a substance of oh, some substance. sorts hmm. that might have made me laugh harder than I would have if I hadn't have done that. But laughing gas, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it that. Yeah, it's laughing. I mean, it made you laugh, and it is gas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nickelodeon so, gas. Yeah. Nickelodeon gas. I do love Nickelodeon gas. Throwback. <laughs> um, guts. Anyway, guts. Do you have it? Dude, I wanted a piece of that radical rock when I was a kid so bad. <laughs> I wanted it. Um, that was me. <laughs> I wanted that, and I wanted to win the Yamaha piano that's on every single one of those Nickelodeon <laughs> game shows. I wanted the nerd's rope. The nerd's rope. Okay, anyway. I also watched Daisies, um, which Daisies is a, is a Czech film from 1966. And it is a really, really sort of abstract movie. Um, really fascinating. I enjoyed it a lot. But it's just like it follows these two women that are just like, like we really like we don't want to play by anybody's rules. And it's like them just sort of living living their lives. But like it's got a bunch of ellipses and really, really out there like camera techniques like. And just it's str like really 
sort of out there like editing montages there's like a scene where they get into a fight with scissors and they're like they're like they're like pretending to fight each other with scissors but then it's like they go like one of them cuts them and then it's like it cuts to like this is from 1966 so it's like the woman is standing on one side of the room but then her arm is like they like cut the film up so that her arm oh. is like disembodied like laying on the bed and then they put like uh they do it like one of the girl's heads is like floating on the other side of the room and she's like looking around but then her body is like standing like four feet to the right of her and then they just start cutting up the actual film itself and then the film starts to like come apart in the middle of this whole thing anyway that's sort of that's sort of like the legacy of daisies though is this really like avant-garde film in general but very very fascinating movie um Okay. I also watched Prisoner of Azkaban. Man, hell yeah! Got, we were we were talking. This is up. This is up with my family. It was me, Faith, and my mom. We're like trying to figure out what we're going to watch because it was this was the double feature night. We watched. We were watching. This is Spinal Tap. After we were either going to watch Barbie or we we're going to watch Harry Potter. I did say I wanted to watch Barbie, <laughs> but we didn't watch Barbie. We watched Harry Potter, and then I'm like, "Well, what Harry Potter are we going to watch?" The best and then one. We're all like, "The best Prisoner one." Of a- like, it was like Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm like, the "Prisoner of Azkaban one. is the best one." So if we're going to watch a Harry Potter movie instead of Barbie, <laughs> like, we should watch Prisoner of Azkaban. Amazing. So we watched it, and yeah, it's the best one. What else? What more do you want me to say about Harry Potter? Um, the rules. <laughs> and then last movie. The books are better. Just a real quick one. Uh, we, uh, me and my mom watched this movie, Daryl. Um, let me or let me get Dead? the uh, yeah. It's from 1985. <laughs> so not from The Walking Dead. No. <sighs> so it's this movie about this kid who is a cyborg. Like he was a, he was grown in a test tube, and then they put like a computer in his brain, so he is like this biological android but he's like this perfect kid and like the movie starts out with one of the doctors like sneaking him out of the lab and then the movie is like he lives with this family and then they realize like the 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 people from the lab like track him down and then want to like take him back in and then he's got to escape again (laughs) it's a whole thing movie is like okay okay (laughs) it's okay but it's like i'm watching it it honestly it's a great movie to uh like riff on top of because there's so many things that are just like (laughs) funny when you're watching it that it's like (laughs) like like what's happening like this is Yeah, you're really yeah. It's I'm really interested plot, in watching this. It's one of it's <laughs> the one of those plot movies. Sounds it's like AI. It's a great like it's a great like party movie if you're like we're gonna we want to put on like a goofy movie and just kind of like we want to like talk over it or like yeah, yeah, yeah. point out bits that are like goofy and kind of funny and it's like it's got like it's little heartfelt moments or whatever. Those are the best. I love those kind of movies. But so like it Mac definitely has just some just some silly just some silliness in it. It's got yeah. just the right amount of silliness. That's good. Is it like Mac and Me? I haven't seen Mac and Me. Oh, you haven't seen the long bit that Paul Rudd does with Conan, where he just shows the Mac and Me clip of the kid 
<laughs> going off the cliff in a in a wheelchair. This is a very <laughs> oh my god. Reference. I've seen the I've, no, I've seen this bit, but I haven't seen yeah. the rest of it. So yeah. basically, like ever since Paul Rudd goes on Conan, he always promotes his movie, and he'll go, "Yeah, I have a clip for the movie." And Conan's like, "Oh, cool." I, I think it all started with Forty Year Old Virgin. And he's like, okay, here's Paul Rudd in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And he just shows this one clip from the movie <laughs> Mac and Me where it's the kid losing control of his wheelchair and then goes off a cliff in, in a ditch and then the alien shows up at the end. God, I love Paul Rudd and, so much. And every yeah. time Paul Rudd sets it up to make Conan believe that he actually has a clip, he did it to the point where he did it on the press tour for Ant-Man. Because even Conan's like, you can't show this clip because Marvel won't let you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So then it starts off with an Ant Man clip, and then halfway through it cuts to the Macamy clip. <laughs> and so like, I love he's that. Been, he's been doing it, and he still does it today. Even though Conan doesn't have a show, he still does it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's so, goofy. Yeah. But no, it is. It is that sort of level of like camp. Um. But yeah, those were my movies that I watched. Cool. All right. Um, Seabear, it's been a few weeks since we've talked about what you've watched. Give us a quick little rundown. Yeah, it's just since last week, uh, I finally took Tasha to go see Godzilla Minus One. It is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. Godzilla's my best friend. It's me and Tasha's best friend. He's just a, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a um, little guy in a big lizard suit. He's a little guy yeah. in a big world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like after rewatching it, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie is like, I need the Blu-ray 4K like now, like, like Japan needs to put that in our, in my hands, like right now. But then after that, I will uh, personally call the prime minister of Japan and ask them to send you a copy. Well, they're re- called Japan's which, landline. <laughs> here's the thing. They're the re-releasing the film in Japan in black and white, Ooh. only in Japan. And I'm like, I, that better be on the Blu-ray, because like that would be cool. <laughs> but it should we'll be. see. If I not, know. you'll have to wait. You'll have to try to convince Criterion to put it in there, and then Criterion will put the black and white version pretty much on the Blu-ray. But yeah, so after that, because uh, like my best friend Cole and my other best friend Jason, we've been nonstop talking in our group chat about Godzilla and our love of minus one. And with that, Jason finally watched Shin Godzilla. And then I was like, well, Tasha needs to see that. So then we watched Shin Godzilla. And then after Shin Godzilla, I'm like, well, Tasha's going to bed, but I'm not done with Godzilla. So I rewatched 2014 Godzilla because Godzilla's pretty cool. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, oh, I might as well put on King of Monsters. <laughs> like, let's see. Let's see how that one holds up. And then the next day, I'm like, Tasha, what do you want to watch? And she's like, well, we could put on kong versus godzilla because i haven't seen that i'm like all right let's do that so i had a whole godzilla week of just non-stop <laughs> godzilla Dude. mania the rest and of the world has shark week connor has godzilla week. connor has godzilla godzilla week. week and i'm slowly making my way through the monarch show i'm on episode four i think and i'm liking everything i like after these rewatches of like all these movies and specifically also with our kong skull island episode i'm like I'm kind of like happy in this camp of like the gods, the American Godzilla movies, at least these ones are really good. Like, yes, they can be bad, but in the way it's like, it could be worse. It could be the Roland Emmerich, like Matthew Broderick movie where it's just like, (laughs) absolute, like absolutely so garbage where you're like, there's not even cool scenes where like, at least like with King of the Monsters, you get the cool, like Mothra image and like Rodan and like all these like, 
cool visuals and things. And so I think that's just the my thoughts since Legendary Pictures of like even every bad Legendary Picture movie, at least you know the visuals are going to be cool because they put all their money into the CGI. <laughs> so I have an impossible question for you. If you could only watch one Godzilla movie for the rest of your life, which one would Minus it be? Minus one. Okay, that was easy. <laughs> what else have you seen? Yeah. Uh, other than that, I watched Saltburn because yeah. other other than movies, I've been catching up on podcasts and everything. I've been catching up on the Big Picture Show, Blank Check, all these movie podcasts. And then I mm-hmm. put on Saltburn because I kept seeing the TikTok trend of showing my parents Saltburn for the bathtub scene and stuff. And I'm Don't like, well, watch Saltburn with your parents. Oh, God. Yeah, so I watched this movie, and I think it's okay. (laughs) I thought it was fine. I didn't really click with it as much as some people are, but I'm glad I'm not in, like, a majority. After listening to the Big Picture Show talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of with them of, like, I'm... Like, I think it's a good movie, but it's not something I I will revisit. But I also don't think it's the most provocating movie I've, like, seen. And it just kind of proves of, like, middle of America is so, like, touchy in a way that it still proves to me that, like, uh, the bathtub scene can be the most, like, fucked up scene they ever seen. Yeah. And it's like, or the this grave. is coming from me seeing the Saw franchise. So, like... <laughs> or, the, or the grave scene. But I do think America as a whole is exceptionally prudish and very yeah. very conservative but, compared to the rest of the world and this is a british movie this is a european yeah. movie and this is very but i do tame. think <laughs> yeah i do think I the performances are very good i, I, I think barry what's his name is is really good the yeah like all the performances are very well done it's just like at the end of the day like the story just didn't really click in the way where i'm like oh this is a masterpiece where i'm like yeah like you know it's a movie i saw <laughs> i personally can't wait to revisit this movie now that it's on Amazon Prime um, because it's one of the funniest movies of the year. I laughed so hard. I'm gonna, Yeah, there I, are some moments where I couldn't believe what was happening. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch, I'm gonna have to watch it. It's on Prime now, you yeah. can watch it. Yeah, it's, that's where I watched it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, I love it. So. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Then because you know what you're talking, speak- of, you're oh. talking about it being like, Pro- provocative and British it's making me think of like <laughs> you're saying it's like America is almost like behind the times when it comes to this and it just makes me think like uh s- skins yeah like like the yeah. UK made skins like a decade ago yeah. and it's like America is just now making TV shows that are on that are like in a similar vein to that. Yeah, Cameron I loves skins. <laughs> it's yeah. good. It's really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, it just kind of every time of like, he sees Nicholas Holt, of America never just like, sees to That's the guy from me. Skins. That's the guy from Skins. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But other other than that, I did watch another one because of Letterboxd and people talking about it and stuff. I watched May December, which I'm more uh, pleased with that one. That movie rules i love may december <laughs> um may december it's on netflix you should watch awesome. it awesome is that a this year movie as well yes i talked yes. about it a couple it's on weeks netflix. ago i'm gonna need a list i, mean, I watched I a full it list. <laughs> i watched it the day it premiered on netflix and i talked about it on yeah. i think the home alone episode or maybe the next Go, the tokyo godfather i'm not episode. gonna really say too much about it because like 
I went into it completely blind. All I knew is that it's roughly based on a true story, but I didn't know what story that was. And so going into it and having the events unfold of the movie made it a lot better for me of like when I, when things started clicking in my brain of like, oh, oh, that's what's happening and stuff. Um, but yeah, like the, those performances also very well done. Um, what's his name from Riverdale? Charles Melton. Knocked it. Oh, like the highs and lows of high school football. He really shows it in that movie. <laughs> um, and it's just, it, it's really good. It's, it's <laughs> really good. And I know my parents are listening. Please watch this movie. I already talked to my dad about it yesterday as of this it's recording. Also, it's, please. it's also one of the funniest movies of the year. I laughed a lot in this movie as well, specifically at the beginning, which I think this is the scene that a lot of people mention when talking about May, December, uh, when Julianne Moore opens the refrigerator and there's that like zoom in with like that campy score and it just like goes silent and she just goes, we're not going to have enough hot dogs. We're not going to have enough hot dogs. <laughs> and she's doing something so freaking weird in this movie. She's got like a speech impediment, which like is based lightly on the person that she's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, I also really liked Me December. Is that? And then, yeah. And then lastly, I watched a documentary called Attack the Dock. This is a documentary by Chris Gore, who is uh, famously from uh, G4, and it's about uh, Attack of the Show. Uh, I don't know most people's relationship with the company G4, but basically this documentary is about this channel that, again, basically formed what we conceive as pop culture today. This is the channel that played X-Play, which was a video game focused TV show. Attack of the Show was a show that just talked about pop culture, nerd stuff and everything. And it was the sub TV space, sub TV channel that brought basically nerdum to its apex other than like, you know, Marvel and all these things. They were the people that brought E3 to everybody. They were the people that brought the press like at least like cameras and stuff into e3 and then same thing with san diego comic-con yeah and made comic-con like what it is today the documentary yeah so so the documentary is about g4 it's not just attack no it's about it's about attack of the show and that's where i don't really care for this documentary because it (laughs) is just a look at us we were doing something different and look at how like look what we did look what look how amazing we were like you know we got james cameron on our show to promote avatar and like you know like we we were the ones that broke you know like iron man and stuff and like all these things and it's like yeah like at one point you were but they because it's from the person that is directing it is from g4 and worked on attack of the show there really is no like why did this fall or like the like the other questions it is again just a nostalgia fest of like look what we yeah. did isn't this cool yeah we're cool and then it just kind of ended and it's the just movie like a celebration it. of it it's not really like a yeah. it's not really like about the lifespan of this tv show yes and and the network itself and why like that they kind of somewhat tease of like why it kind of fell and stuff you know with the reruns of cops and things and like why the network like didn't really care for this but it is just more of like 
we were one of we were like one of a generation like nothing will ever be like this again they kind of end it with like the revival of g4 that they tried to do on twitch and i was hoping like maybe they get into that of like the also second downfall of g4 but (laughs) it's it's just this weird it's just this weird documentary of like it was cool to like be nostalgic but like the other thing is, is like most of the interviews are from like producers, cameramen, like grips. It's none of like the personalities. So like they never interview Kevin Pereira, but like they always talk about Kevin Pereira and like Olivia Munn and like all these people. But then they just never like interviewed them. And that's that's where I'm kind of like with them. What's the point of like saying that we're the best when you don't have them involved as well? It, it's just a weird it was just a weird documentary that was like well, free on youtube well i wonder uh, they probably made it to just promote the fact that they were relaunching g4 realistically that's what it sounds this like. came out now yeah oh, this came out, out now. now oh yeah and it's something that chris gore has been doing because chris gore also did a documentary i think about batman because i remember him like because i followed him a while ago because he he loves batman on Twitter, and I remember like years ago, like in high school, like he DM'd like everybody that follows him, like to get like you know about his Kickstarter for that movie. So like he he's he does like documentaries, but it is just again like this just feels like a hey let's get the band back together, but it's not everybody in the band, like I said, and then also like you're not gonna really talk about like th- more specifics. You're just more of like. It's like, oh, like, it just feels like a high school reunion of, like, this old friend. And you're like, hey, remember in high school, like, when we used to do that? Wasn't that funny? Wasn't that cool? And that's kind of it. Yeah. So you've been speaking a completely different language for the last three minutes. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about at all. Um, G4 was a G4 I don't really need to channel. know. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. G- G4 was just, like, uh, yeah. to put it for the audience, like, was just a big deal, like, on cable, where, again, like, that that G4 was the channel that brought Ninja Warrior it was to a, it was a cool. It was a gaming-focused ah, alternative yeah. pop culture okay. uh, TV channel, yeah. basically. It was just a cult channel that lasted for a while and then just kind of fell because of cable it was falling it, streaming. as soon as soon as yeah. it became popular to talk about this stuff on the internet g4 died basically okay um yeah i mean that's how that sounds it sounds like a disappointing documentary i'm not gonna lie yeah like it was cool seeing old clips and stuff but again it was just something of like yeah that was cool but like th- yeah there, there really is nothing more to it yeah was that the last thing that you watched yep that was it Alrighty. Alrighty. Um, so i have quite a bit that i've watched since the last time we talked so i'm gonna get through this as quick as i can uh the main ones are the six 2023 releases that i've watched in the last few weeks starting with uh so i'll just go through those um wonka i watched wonka um Wonka is a wonk wonk. Oh. Um, <laughs> but Timmy Chalamet's great. So, uh, Timmy Timmy was great. He was the best thing about it. That's a very subject, like, a very, like, I'm not being biased. Well, I had okay? a feeling that I'm a Timothy, big Timmy fan, yeah. obviously. But yeah. even I if f- I wasn't, I still think he'd be the best part about that movie. He was, yeah. he, he really did a good job. Um, cause it was a musical. Well, just based on the way that the trailers were made, it's like clearly Timothy Chalamet is 
the draw about this movie. Yeah. And and it and that's kind of what ended up happening. Um so I saw that in Kansas City with my friend Haley. Shout out. Haley is a uh Shout longtime listener time. of the pod. Um so she'll probably love to hear that. But um Poor Things I also saw, which was probably my number one ever since Dune was pushed back. Poor Things was my number one most anticipated film. Yorgos Lanthimos directed, Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, um, Rami Youssef. Uh, there's a quite a, quite a cast on this thing, but Yorgos Lanthimos is, is, has become one of my favorite directors. Um, so I also saw that with Haley and my friend Amy uh, while I was home in texas um and it's great that is that is one of the best things i've seen this year is um this film about basically it's like a frankenstein story we have emma stone as bella baxter who um is a creation of some sorts the movie gets into what kind of creation it is Whereas, like, the trailer doesn't really tell you anything about it. Um, And I would just, like, say the production value, the production design, the sets, the visual effects. This is a this is a visual feast, Um, gorgeous cinematography um, and just like world building, world creating. It's got like a steampunk kind of vibe to it. And um, I really enjoyed a lot of the supporting cast. Oh, Gerard Carmichael has a scene that I just love. Um, Anyway, yeah, I I have a feeling we'll talk about this later this month, but um, I adore this movie. I want to see it again. I got to see it for a second time uh, pretty soon. I'm also... I want to see poor things. Oh gosh. Uh, Let's Peyton, go. Peyton also saw poor things and messaged me as soon as she got out of the theater and was like, you have to go see this movie. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, well, maybe we should go and we should drag some people along with us. Cause it's so good. I'll I know Cassidy wants to see it too. So um, that's another friend of ours. So anyway, um, besides that, once I got back home to, the D, as we like to say. Um, I saw A24's The Iron Claw, starring Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson. Um, whew, uh, that was a tragic movie. Um, it's, it's based on a true story, and I'm sure you've probably read a little bit, but it doesn't go into as it doesn't it it leaves an entire family member out Mm -hmm. and honestly like listening to what the filmmaker said and watching the movie i feel like it would be almost an unbelievable story (laughs) yeah even though it's the true story um so basically if yeah i mean if you know anything about the von erics they're from denton texas and they were wrestling royalty in the in the 1980s um a family of men and they all have a very tragic story it's it's i don't want to like spoil anything i mean it's true you can look it up you can go on a wikipedia and look up the von eric family but you know if you want to watch this movie and go into it um 
you know, without that, I'm going to give you that opportunity to do that. But it's, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's a sports movie for sure, but it's not that, you know, uplifting, like, you know, yeah. triumphant. Oh, we did it kind of thing. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, about, it's not that it's, at a, all. it's a biopic from <laughs> a 24 and it has to do with wrestling. And I'm like, there. I'm, I mean, I don't know the story, but I'm like, that I'm like, this is tragic. There's yeah. no way this is not tragic. It's like, it's yeah, like pretty tragic. Being so, a, so most I wrestling stories wrestling. in yeah. general end with tragedy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't want to speak too much on that. I'm going to let the audience go see that. Um, another 2023 okay. release that um, I saw Fallen Leaves, which is, I believe, from Denmark or Finland. It's Finland. One of those countries in europe and it is vying for it's in the top 15 now of the shortlist for international feature for oscars and so um i saw it it's fun it's cute um it's like a kind of like a rom-com but very short very like slice of life kind of thing um and then on netflix i saw maestro the bradley cooper directed film about leonard bernstein um uh, what can I say about this? It's gorgeous. Lots of cinematography shots that are really incredible. Um, it kind of has this like old Hollywood vibe sometimes. And I do think that Bradley Cooper is kind of going for that. But um, yeah, I would just say as far as biopics go, it's probably one of the best because it doesn't you know, it doesn't go like from beginning to end of life. It's basically like one part of his life, which is what I always say biopic should do. Like, don't don't do beginning and end. Do like a specific like section of somebody's life, yeah. like focus on a subject. And um, that's what Maestro does. And I think it works. Um, and then today I watched Society of the Snow, which is another film that is vying for international feature at the Oscars. It's from Spain. It is about the rugby team that the true story got crashed in the, the mountains. Yeah. Okay. It's about the uh, Uruguayan uh, rugby team that crashed their plane in the Andes. Yeah. And they were for, I think like 72 something days, something like that. So almost three months. Um, yeah, that, is very well made and um as far as production value goes it's very good um okay. and the performances are very good it's very horrific yeah like well, don't go into it like like with a <sighs> it's very horrific because i mean it's based on a true story yeah they ate each other yeah they they resorted to cannibalism because they were they were stuck in the mountains. It was like it's mountains. like you either do this or you die. Yeah. Like, it's, do you want no a chance of than, surviving this? Yeah, and that's um, a true story. And yeah. there's another movie that was made about the tragedy called Alive, which starred like Americans yeah. that didn't speak Spanish. And so this is basically kind of like a more true, a to more form. true to form, yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff. So that was yeah. That I would be, I would be interested in that because, like, I've been, I, like, I've known about that story for a while, yeah. and honestly, that's kind of that was kind of like the biggest thing for me with um, that Yellow Jacket show. Oh my god! Like that Yellow Jacket show is obviously based on that, and yeah. but then they reference it in the show, and then just sort of the way that story plays out, I'm like, yeah. it feels weird to me that you would base it on this 
this like real horrific event that happened but then you're like but what if like black magic and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah know, and guys. it's doing it's doing a little lost thing yeah we don't need to get into this because we're it's a film podcast not a tv yeah. podcast but but it was just that was the thing that I was, yeah. I was like this is i just didn't i just didn't really know i'm like i don't know how i feel about the fact that like this is clearly based on this event like you referenced it in the show that it's based that it's like it's it's well, more it's more honestly because I've seen both seasons beginning yeah. to end. It's more <laughs> closely related to something like Lost than yeah. it is, which is a fictional TV show, than it is about. I mean, this, but I mean, there's been many <laughs> occasions like um, the Marshall football team that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything. If these movies as hot as anything is don't get on a plane with a sports team. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like sitting on a plane waiting for it to take off. And, and all of a sudden just, you see like one person in a jersey, you know, a second person with like, a jersey, no, a third. And you're no, like, oh, my we're God. Going down. <laughs> Did you guys overbook this flight by chance? Are you willing to offer to bump me flights, please? Please bump me flights. <laughs> yeah. We're not flying I, over don't get on ranges, a plane with a sports team because it will crash. No. No. No, but it was good. Um, check it out. It's on Netflix. It came out on Netflix today, which is why I watched it. So, um, oh, other than that, okay. um, I rewatched Jaws because I bought it on DVD at Half Price Books in Halton City, Texas, and I watched it with Cameron video. and his parents at nice. their house. Um, loved it. Of course, um, it's definitely one of Spielberg's best mm-hmm. movies. Um, rewatched It's a Wonderful Life. I told y'all I would yeah. because. My family has to watch it every year. Um, also, my mom loves to put on Polar Express. So we watch that and it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then for New Year's Eve, Cameron was like, "There, what, what kind of New Year's Eve movies are there? And he like looked it up and Snowpiercer was on the list. Mm. And he was like, well, because he's never seen Snowpiercer. Yeah. And I always talk about Snowpiercer. And I'm always like, Cameron, you would love Snowpiercer. It is like up your alley. <laughs> um, and so he was just like, well, we're going to have to watch it because it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, you, do you say you love Willy Wonka, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell him that at the end. I was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, people. You want this fan theory? People, p- There's a fan theory that it's a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, like, in that in that vein in mm-hmm. that universe um and <laughs> he was like oh yeah it kind of is yeah <laughs> um, so funny. but no he loved he liked it he said he really liked it he said it was mm-hmm. a good movie and i was like i told you i've been do- waiting for you to watch this for a long time so um yeah snowpiercer is one of my all-time faves uh yeah mm. it's it's great. Um, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that, because who knows? Maybe we'll talk more about Snowpiercer at a later date. Um, and that is what I watched. Nice. I, I think know, I had the longest list this week. You did. I, there was one movie that I just remembered that I watched. <gasps> I have almost nothing to say about it, but I just Whoa, remembered I didn't put it on the list. Uh, I watched Forrest Gump uh. again. I feel like every yeah. single time I go up to my parents' house, I either end up watching Forrest Gump or The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, those they are very put, similar movies. It's because they're me. on TV all the time. Yeah. My parents just put them on. So it's like they put Forrest Gump on and I'm sitting here watching Forrest Gump. And like yeah. I still feel the same way about it that I always do. I'm like, you know, it's Forrest Gump. It's Forrest Gump. It's basically American Pie, but 
a movie. Yeah. The the song American Pie, not yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. American Pie. Yeah, 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 not the movie American Pie. No, no, Pie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um for but, sure. Yeah, so okay. I watched I watched seven movies. I also watched Forrest Gump. <laughs> All right. Well, um next week we won't have such a long list of movies. Next week Freddie will go back to his right right back to my one program back of to- one movie. Back to my regularly <laughs> scheduled regular. single movie. Yeah, Freddy's habitat is natural habitat is one movie a week. Unless you guys see poor things, might be two. Yeah, <laughs> two, maybe two movies maybe. a week. If I get dragged, I really want to see poor things again. So yeah, I do. Want to see poor things. I want to see poor things, and I want to see the Iron Claw. Um, yeah, I want to see the Iron Claw because I like. Yeah, wrestling. Connor, I'm surprised you haven't seen that one already. No, I just, Faith yeah, also wants to I, see I, the Iron Claw. Did, yeah, it's just been busy and stuff. Tell her she doesn't. I haven't had time to go kidding. to the theater because I figured thing. I might. I'll, I'll Did she just have a crush on somebody? Oh, I mean, of course, but I mean, it's it's hot dudes with no shirts on. Like what? That's not what the movie's about. I know that's not what the movie's <laughs> that's about. Not what the movie's and about. here's the thing, though. But she does genuinely like um, Jeremy Allen his, White. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. So the, do I. He's the bear guy. Yeah, and shameless. The bear. The bear. Um, but, but but you will be sorely disappointed if you go in. Just hoping to look at hot guys with no shirts on. Well, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I, don't. I think that she understands that. Like, obviously, this is not going to be like a very happy movie. No, I'm telling. <laughs> Faith, if I you're hope. listening, don't see the Iron Claw. You will regret it. <laughs> For the you rest know, of I our audience, bond- go see it. Faith, don't I know the story out. <laughs> you will. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Chris. I'm waiting for the Chris Benoit story. Yeah. All right. So that. moving on to our tots. tots. This is Spinal Tap from 1984. This was Freddie's pick. Um, so yeah, what's what's this movie about, Freddie? This is Spinal Tap. It's about Spinal Tap, a <laughs> fictional uh, European rock band who is on their. Um, their American revival tour, basically. <laughs> um, so let's get all the deets here. Um, yeah, what does Letterbox un- say about it? Um, so, nineteen eighty-four. It is directed by Rob Reiner. Um, so you know when Harry met Sally, Princess Bride, Princess Bride, Princess Bride. Um. Anyway, very very prolific director, and so yeah. basically, this is Spinal Tap. Um, I'll just is, read this real quick. This is Spinal Tap shines a light on the self-contained universe of a metal band struggling to get back on the charts, including everything from its complicated history of ups and downs, gold albums, name changes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's just like these are very much like inside jokes if you've seen the movie. Yeah. And undersold concert dates, along with the full host of requisite groupies, promoters, hangers-on, and historians, sessions, release events, and those special behind-the-scenes moments that keep it all real. <laughs> it has a 3.9 average on Letterboxd, which is pretty high. Yeah. Um, very popular, very... Um, well, I, could, I wouldn't say very popular, but very... Uh, prolific movie. Yeah, it's for, definitely. For a time. It is like it is. It is a pioneer of the mockumentary genre. I would say. I don't want to necessarily make claims that it is like the first, but it is one. It's of not the, the first. There was others because I was yeah. looking at that too. It's one of the first that was like truly 
successful popular yeah popular like successful when it came out um so this is a very good movie to get us started for the mockumentary month yeah we're laying a we're laying yeah, like a there nice was, foundation here yeah there's uh, like some like in the 60s or the 70s but like again like for, like my little research that i was trying to do before the podcast like it seems like this again like by successful like what we mean is like a mainstream audience um and stuff where like it just like it's the one where at the time like everyone's like oh yeah like they know that movie whereas some other ones are mockumentaries but it might have been like super niche yeah where this one this one broke to the mainstream to the point where it ended up getting him the princess bride you know his famous career of like the princess bride and then uh uh when harry met sally yeah now um Speaking of, did either of you watch that? Uh, did either of you watch that Swiss Spaghetti Harvest short from the BBC? I don't think no, I did. I forgot no. to okay. do that. Okay, we don't have to talk about it that much. I just thought I just thought it was like a funny little thing. If anybody watching watched it, you're welcome. It's just goofy. <laughs> it's just goofy fake fake news news um, story from the BBC about. Uh, the spaghetti harvest in Switzerland and it's just funny because it's like people pulling like pieces of spaghetti out of trees and like putting them in baskets and then they're like this is the dinner it's it's just goofy but this is Spinal Tap um, so I guess you know we can start out about sort of like the I guess like the longevity of it since that's what we were talking about before we started um, I would say like we're saying this is Spinal Tap is prolific yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like if you're going to talk about mockumentary um just like in general like you're going to talk about Sp- this is spinal tap eventually um because it was such a big example of this working in a success in a movie that was financially successful and at the time very popular. It is interesting that it has you know it gets it almost gets referenced more than it's seen, I would say, at this point. Yeah. Um, hmm, probably. Because it is like the the this one goes to 11 line. Yeah. Just gets that just gets like thrown into lots of things. Yeah. Um, that gets that like it's in Scott Pilgrim. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, yeah. But it it's seems in the like a lot of twins in Japanese. Yeah. It seems. But it seems like a lot of people that weren't there when it came out haven't really seen it and like you were saying emma um i think it, a lot of it has to do with whether or not your parents yeah like showed you it like if it was like oh hey you know because yeah. that's how i found out about it i found out about it for my mom mm-hmm. and my uncle it was like oh this is like yeah i don't think this, this movie is in comedy. my parents radar at all yeah so it was not passed down to me yeah it wasn't even passed down to me either the only reason why i found out about it was because of uh comedians referencing it being like the top funniest movies of all time and it's always been in like like top comedy movie lists and things spinal tap always gets put in there yeah and because of that like i love like mel brooks and like comedy directors and just comedies that I, like at a certain point i went to the library and rented it because i was like i, I gotta see this movie at this point if everyone keeps reference it like we keep saying like if it keeps getting referenced in things like i gotta like understand it and that's when i saw it yeah and so but it is interesting because i was having a conversation with my coworkers about 
this is Spinal Tap because there's this sequel coming out and my coworkers are um like they like they have both seen it when it had come out and that's like their reference for it and they know how popular it was when it came out but i was telling them I'm like most i think i was like a lot of younger people haven't seen this movie or or let alone even heard of it um and well, I guess we'll we'll see we'll see when the sequel comes out that you know maybe if it's it'll, maybe it'll it's, have a resurgence yeah more, more people will watch the original it is crazy though that I, it is like 40 years later is when they're gonna do this sequel but it is all of the original cast and Rob Reiner is the person directing it so I'm like we'll see it could be very funny if they really like I think it's just delayed. go with it it's a delayed there isn't no, much out I mean, about like, it. They I just said they're going to make it. No, I think it's too late to make a sequel. I think if they were going to make a sequel, because like the thing that I like about this movie is how much of like it is mocking like metal hair bands and things at the time and stuff. And I think that's why audiences connected with it. Of like my mom like loving bands like Kiss or Twisted Sister and things like that. And so my grandma probably might have liked this movie because this movie is kind of making fun of metal and and rock and roll yeah and so like it like my like my thought for like a sequel should have been like your thing like a bbc just like spinoff thing of like a behind the music yeah but like but like now that cable is basically dead like like i don't see like a movie sequel being as popular especially with like things like pop star not doing successful as well yeah and so, so like it, it, i don't know it, i don't know if audiences are ready for a movie like this again yeah it is it's it's such a bizarre choice that it is like i don't know maybe it could do something maybe it won't either way maybe that's yeah. not that's not we're talking about we're talking about the og the og spinal tap um what about 84 84 so basically with the, hot with the bulls you know it the movie itself is like it's kind of like what we were you were just talking about with this other biopic where it is like just sort of a a, oh, a period of time where mm. it's like we just want to cover this this American tour where it's like well, you that's guys usually are usually what documentaries do yeah like documentaries typically focus on because you can't follow a subject through their lives you can yeah. follow them you know at a time in their lives and that's what Spinal Tap is doing this yeah. tour. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So it's it, the thing is, it manages to be. <laughs> I guess what's I don't I can't find it. I can't think of a good way to transition this. So we'll, it, we'll just hard transition it. Hard cut. The oh. thing that I think is most impressive about this is genuinely the improv chops <laughs> on all of the all of the actors in this movie <laughs> because it is. The thing that I think is so... The thing that makes me laugh the hardest about this movie are, like, the little throwaway banter lines that characters drop in in, like, the middle of... Like, the middle of a conversation. So, like, when when they're doing the Stonehenge bit... Oh, my God, the Stonehenge And, and it's they're arguing after the concert. Oh and they're, gosh. like, pissed. They're, like, what was... Like, how did this possibly my, happen? Probably the, my favorite line is, is he said... It was in danger of being crushed 
by a by a by a dwarf by a dwarf yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then but my my i think my favorite line from that scene is the is that you don't got to make a big deal about it well making a big deal out of it would have probably been a good thing (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot Uh, of very funny moments i was laughing at the sandwich scene Oh, which yeah. is like, which is like totally throwaway. It's totally yeah. throwaway. Yeah. But if I keep like, folding it, it breaks apart. The plot at all. But I was just like laughing at how these actors were just like, like because it's between um, the one guy and the manager, yeah. and he's like, why. Why do we get this little bread? I can't fold my ham. And then once you fold your ham, then you and you gotta he's like, fold the bread. Why would you? Why would you fold the bread again? He's like these little these little quibs. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is a very funny scene. They're yeah. just like talking about bread, and he's like, so get bigger bread. Go get br- bigger bread. Yeah, and it's like they'll just they just like go off of they like bounce off of each other so well, and the they funny, they keep the that fun- scene going yeah. for, for like a long time for a while, which is like a lot of the runtime of this movie is just like letting scenes just kind of play out. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the spark of that scene is like the manager being like, "Oh, like you know, like what's wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." You know, like British, like, "Oh, nothing." Actually, you know what? And he's like quaint about it of like, you know, next time, like, just get bigger bread. And then the manager is like, well, I don't see the issue. Like, why don't you do this? And that's when it keeps escalating. They keep wanting <laughs> up each other to the point where then he gets pissed off about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was also laughing at the scene where they come out in those little pods. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. And it's the, so the, the bass player won't open. Yeah. <laughs> he finally comes out and he can't get back in it soon enough. Um that was really good. Uh, I love the I like love the, the PAs like with the hammer beats. They, those are really good. Um the stone. Well then like they notice really it. Great. They and notice the thing- him in the pod, and then they keep playing. But then, like the guy gets a hammer, and he's interrupting the song. Yeah, yeah. The and then he gets beat. a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get yeah. it open. That yeah. was that was great. I love slapstick shit like that. Like, that's roadies. really really funny. Pro- um, probably my favorite moment is the one where they're trying to get to stage. And oh like, yeah, yeah, and they get lost. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, actually go that way. Actually yeah. go the other way. And then they go the guy they get directions from the one dude that's just working on stuff under the stage and they go in a full <laughs> circle and they walk right back to him and he's like What are you uh-huh. doing? <laughs> or when he's trying to go through the uh, metal detector. Oh yeah. And she's like she's like, Do you have some sort of prosthetic limb? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Very very funny um like throwaway um slapstick kind of humor mm-hmm. where it's like not necessarily service to the plot of like what we're trying to convey which is like this kind of like out of touch kind of washed up 80s metal hair band. Yeah. And um and just like letting these actors just kind of like play. Yeah. Almost. Uh, yeah, I really that's like to like kind of stuff. the documentary. Like, yeah, that's to that documentary style. Like, like, my, like one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines is actually like the last line of the movie in the credits. If you watch all the way to the end of the credits, and it's Rob Reiner like interviewing them of like, if you were not in the band, like, what did you think you would be doing? And it gets to the the guitar, the lead guitarist, 
the one with the the skull t-shirt and he's like i think i would probably like work in retail you know like something of like you know oh do you have this in black i think i have it in black and he's like i could probably get that in a size 11 and then rob runner's like do you think like you would actually like do that if you're not in the band and then he takes a pause and he's like well it depends on what the hours are I'm like, so, like, yeah. like, it's just such a small bit, but it's just like, he's like, yeah, maybe I could do that. And he's like, would you really do that? He's like, well, I mean, it depends on the hours. Like, it's those little, like, yeah, like we're saying, like those side jokes of like, it seems like trying to make them break. Of yeah. like, they're yeah. like, they're not even a like joke, but it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like this yeah. could make, this could make Jimmy Fallon like break mm-hmm. in a skit. Yeah. <laughs> It's got so many great moments like that. And I think this cast just works together really mm-hmm. well. There's there's a segue <laughs> for me. The, the, the black. Because um, I want to talk about not the main cast, but the supporting cast. Because this was one of those movies where I was watching. And I had never seen this movie before. I was not familiar with it. And so I really went into it very blind. And I was like, Oh, they're in this movie. Oh, mm-hmm. they're in this movie. Oh, they're in this movie. Oh, they're in this movie. Um, yeah. So, like, Fran Drescher was like the first name that really I was just like, freaking Nanny Fine is in this movie, and she says one of my favorite lines about the about the the album cover. Oh, because <laughs> she wants them to change the album cover, <laughs> and she she references the Beatles. She was like, yeah. what about the White Album? Nothing on that goddamn cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking over at my record collection and the White Album is like in the front. And I'm like, that literally is just a White Album. And it says the Beatles on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yep. it. You don't need a you don't need a good album cover if you're the Beatles. You know, it's just going to be good. Um, the other cool. So then there was like that. another one. Um, did you want to say something? Well, like the other funny line with when she confronts the band about them being sexist, <laughs> and the subtle line of that guy goes, "What's wrong with being sexy? I like being sexy." Oh yeah, and he does say sexy. And he goes, "No, sexist." Yeah, and he also says something when they're when they're like talking about like, "No, it would have been funny if like y'all were tied up." Oh, well, because the and, other yeah. guy did, yeah, because well, they meet the other famous line, person. He said, "There's such a fine line between stupid, stupid and clever." clever. <laughs> yep, yeah, I have that one down in my notes too. So, um, yeah. another cast moment that made me like, I was like, "Is that um, were the the mimes?" The mimes oh, at the yeah. party. That's fucking Billy Crystal and Dana Carvey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. I was like, is oh, that Billy so Crystal? Funny. And then I went and looked, you know, because that's what I do. I'm an obsessive IMDb-er. Yeah. If I'm watching a movie and I'm like, I recognize that voice or I recognize that face. And so um, I had to check to make sure that it was, in fact, Billy Crystal in a five-second yep. scene as a mime. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. And then I also learned that the other mime is Dana Carvey. And I was just like, Jesus. And then later on, um, the person who's making the Stonehenge is Angelica Houston. And I'm just like, how did they get like Angelica Houston is just like in this one scene and she's the she's the woman that made the Stonehenge. And then the other person was Fred Willard, was the security officer at yeah. the, towards the end of the movie at the last um, show and, or one of the last shows. And I was just like, damn, like, I don't really know the main cast at all, really. Like, I haven't really seen them in anything else. And I didn't recognize their names. Yeah. And but I was just like, oh, this was like kind of fun. Just like 
oh my God, they're in this movie. You know, just like yeah. kind of like playing that like game of uh, recognizing people. Um, and they're and they're all such like prolific people. Yeah, that like I can't believe they were in such small roles. So f- funny bit, funny bit of serendipity. The uh, the the actor that plays Saint Hubbins, the lead singer. Yeah. Uh, he plays the dad in Daryl, the oh. movie that I watched. So we you have half- seen them in another movie. <laughs> we got halfway through yeah. it. My mom starts. My mom starts making this is spinal tap jokes in the middle of it. And I'm like, what? And she's like, she like points. I'm like, Oh my God, it's the, it's him. It's him. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, that's a coincidence, <laughs> but cool. Yeah. That's kind of like, yeah, my, that was my surprising kind of thing about seeing all these members, seeing all these actors that I love. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like, it's like watching Scott Pilgrim completely blind and not knowing right. all of the people that are in it. And you're like, holy shit. It's holy like shit. all of these, Chris Evans? All of these huge yeah. actors. Is that Anna That's Kendrick? what I always had yeah. to do. Plaza? Is that Brady Yeah, that's what West? I always had to do yeah. with Scott Pilgrim of like explaining to people when I was like, I love this thing. But then when the like when it gets to them saying we are Sex Bob and it shows the cast list, I would have to explain to people like these this was before they blew up a majority of them of like like yes they are famous now but like like Aubrey Plaza like I don't think Parks and Rec came out at that time or if it did like it just came out and then same thing with like uh like Chris Evans like he did he was just about to be Captain America with that film because Captain America came out in 2011 yeah but Chris so Evans just, was a household name before he was Captain yes, America yes like he was a household name but it's like before like he's now like Captain America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, it's definitely on a different then, level. But yeah. it was it was and a it's pretty just big so, deal for it, him, I think. It's so crazy. And then even now, like I, after succession of like uh Karen, Karen of just yeah. like Yeah. So yeah. But, anyway. Back so it's to always good like watching Spinal these Tap. movies like that. <laughs> no, but well, yeah, because yeah, like the transition of like it's always good watching these movies like that of like, yeah, where you're like oh shit like they're in this but yeah. then like you, you there always is that thing of like like why would they get billy crystal to just do one line and then you like look into it more and it's either like billy crystal and rob reiner like they've had this good relationship for like ever so like that's why like well, they're best I also friends but then even like to billy crystal's filmography and really like all of his popular films were in the 90s and so you know yeah. he might have been you know yeah you know a big deal ever since i've been alive but maybe in 1984 he was just getting started exactly so, yeah and then same thing with other these other people it's like yeah they probably weren't like as big as like again like 20 you know 2020 vision like now of like oh like they're like that fame like they're that famous now like fran drescher like specifically Dude. the nanny herself the, <laughs> the nanny herself the president of screen actors guild the union yes. leader <laughs> mm-hmm. fran drescher um is in spinal tap as- and the thing this it kind of goes back to the the whole discussion of like this was a very this was a very popular movie and it kind of it like it gets referenced, but it doesn't really get talked about because it's also this is Spinal Tap is like a double digit Criterion Collection movie. Like yeah. it is like it is it's been in the Criterion Collection yeah. from like the jump. We kind of had that conversation, I think, earlier. But yeah, um, yeah, I do think that this film probably vaulted a lot of people into like where they are right now. But it didn't it's also in the, the 
main cast. Yeah. It didn't quite do that for them. So I'm excited yeah, to see the sequel. It's also in the National Registry, out. too. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, it feels very, and like Rob Reiner is an American, I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, but it feels, yes. it feels like an English movie. Yeah. Like, not just because Spinal Tap is an English band. It's, like, dry. But it's very dry, and it's very, like, um, zany. Mm -hmm. Where, like, it's, you know, it's giving, you know, Edgar Wright yeah in that vein or you know there's a lot of jokes where it's like we're not gonna laugh at this for you yeah. like you yes. are you paying attention yes. or are you not are you do you have a sense of humor yeah. or not you know so like the drummer it bit. is kind of like that and i <laughs> the think the drummer bit's so, <laughs> so funny oh yeah like oh he died the law of averages says you should be fine he died <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he also got, died. He died in a gardening accident surprisingly <laughs> no. it was unsolved yeah yes. they say like gardening they murder say, they say seven or eight people spontaneously combust every year, but it's just not widely reported. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. What else do we have to say about this movie? I think we've um, kind of talked about a lot of moments that we liked and yeah. quotes that we liked. Any other elements about this film that we... I think I do the the music... <laughs> all of their like fake music for this movie it's pretty good um it is and the thing is um i want to rock you tonight or i'm gonna rock you tonight is like a genuinely popular song yeah. like i i heard i heard that song before i ever saw the movie um but like just the, the way that they utilize the the music to emphasize like the rockumentary aspect of it is it's it it's very harmonious yeah. with like the point of the movie. So you got like and when they use them for uh when the they use them for the song is really good too. Yeah. Um oh god, like what's the the scene where they're were they're playing on the military base? And it's this whole introduction, <laughs> and they're the like, sex song? they go, yeah, they go play a play a couple slow songs so I can dance, and then it hard cuts to like working on the sex farm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh sex God. farm. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, That's really good. Um, I also was thinking about um, the. Well, I was thinking about the music mm-hmm. being good, but I, when it cuts back to like their flashbacks of like their early yeah. years, it was very much fashion to look a lot like the Beatles the Beatles in, their, in yeah. their like start and so I was thinking like this movie is like an alternate history of like what if the Beatles mm-hmm. did not become wildly successful yeah. and legendary and considered the best band of all time and completely bombed in the US and ended up becoming like an 80s hair band. Yeah. And that's kind of like what this movie reminded me of, especially with the lead singer and his girlfriend. I was like, is yeah. she supposed to be Yoko Ono? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she's breaking yeah. up the band. Um, I was, I was, it was very much like reflective of that mm. and, and like an alternate version of like what could the Beatles have been if yeah. they didn't just like skyrocket in popularity when they played the Ed Sullivan show. You know, so um, anyway. That, I thought that was funny. Yeah. I no, it's definitely bit. like that is woven through the entire yeah. movie is like this is. And they even bring up the Beatles with the White Album yep. and all of that. So like they exist in the universe of the Beatles, but they just didn't get the popularity that the Beatles yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. To me, like 
like the thing the thing that i love about this movie is like how much like it encapsulates like the time and like the era that like they're going off of of like to me like spinal tap just reminds me more of like kiss yeah. where like mm-hmm. kiss kiss as a band like wasn't a very popular like band but or they like- were popular in the they were popular in the vein of like they were selling out arenas and stuff but like they weren't like as like you know like famous as like the beatles like we're saying and and rolling stones and stuff or like they weren't treated as yeah yeah Yeah. they weren't treated as seriously and so like that like i feel like spinal tap is just like a response to that of like making fun of that like era and stuff like to the point where like a lot of like music like that's why i think like this movie has such a fandom when it comes to like music fans specifically like rock fans and metal metal fans because of like a lot of like like people like ozzy osbourne and stuff like like this movie because it capsulated like what they were doing at the time like specifically like them trying to get to stage like there are so many stadiums that they don't know where the stage is from the green room (laughs) and it's like that hits home with them or like all that stuff but i also think like what makes mockumentaries so good is that just like wrestling like just like wwe it's telling a story it's telling the best outcome of a story so instead of like real sports where like you know it could just be like a shitty game where it's three points were only scored in this football game whereas like what you want is like the movie version of like it was 40 to 40 and then like the last three seconds like they ended up scoring and to me like this movie like has that of like them like doing the traditional like movie thing of like they were popular and then now they're not and you slowly see the crumble of the band of like less shows getting booked and then like the girlfriend showing up and breaking up the band and then right at the end like they come back because they the funny part they're popular in japan so now they're going to do a japanese tour yeah. <laughs> instead of america and it just reminds me of like good documentaries of like like one that me and freddie saw in college of like the, <laughs> the anthony weiner documentary yeah of like this like era of like recording people in a way where like you're expecting one documentary and it ends up becoming the other whereas this rob reiner's character is this fake documentarian mark something i think mark mark dupla um and if he was real i don't think he was expecting to record the down the essential downfall of spinal tap the whole time I think in his mind, he wanted to record like what would have been like the, the behind the music of this great, yeah, the triumph of Spinal Tap. And then again, like you slowly see like them being like, oh shit, this is the the downfall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a dramatic, I mean, yeah, the, the narratively, it is like probably better than, you know, an actual documentary about an actual band band yeah um, it's a little bit more interesting it's a little bit more funny mm-hmm. um yeah the stonehenge is just the that stone. was like that was probably <laughs> the funniest part to me yeah um was, was the stonehenge i i honestly like that's that's probably like my favorite entire sequence just because it it's it lasts also, a long time because you have to like you go through that conversation where they're like coming up with the idea mm-hmm. and then you see him write it you see him write 18 you see him write inches, inches. 18 inches yeah and you see him take you know he's looking at and he thinks he's looking at a model and she's like no this is this is it you said 18 inches yeah and um and then she's like it says right here on the napkin this is all i got is a napkin the next scene is them performing on stage with this little (laughs) tiny stonehenge falling from the ceiling and these like little people dancing around it and that was 
That and was then amazing. like the real is yeah. they're like realizations when they're singing and they keep looking over and they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Um, oh, it's really good. I, I loved do, it. I feel like a lot like honestly, one of my favorite things is that you get to see them write inches on the napkin beforehand. Because yeah, I feel like a, a real cheap way for them to do that is to just not they like show them drawing it, but then they don't show that yeah, like that inches. bit is going to pay off. And that's sort of like the dryness of it. Yeah. Like nobody You have to be paying attention. Yeah, you have yeah. to be paying attention. Nobody points out the fact that like you that they did just draw inches <laughs> on that. But then that's the payoff to this whole bit. Yeah. Is the fact that you see them write inches on this napkin. Yeah. It's like yeah. It works so well. <laughs> it's good stuff. And we obviously have to acknowledge the biggest scene from the entire movie, which is like the reference that everybody makes, which is the amp scene. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> I love the amp scene. It's a classic. Uh, it's funny. But the funny one is the one where he's like, I have this guitar and it's still got the tag in it. And then Rob yeah. Ryder points at it. He's like, don't even point at it. <laughs> like, don't, don't even, even point look at it. At it, it can't be played. Never. <laughs> which that it's like, that's that same scene that gets referenced as well. Yeah. Um, which, but then, you know, the amplifier, these ones go to 11. Yeah. Well, what if you make 10 louder and then it just goes to 10? But these go to 11. But these go to 11. <laughs> It's iconic. It's that same yeah. dryness of like, now. but what are the hours? You've seen it, you know. <laughs> it it has been consumed with my my brain has consumed it. Mm-hmm. My brain has processed it. Yeah. Now that my brain has processed it, um, and you've seen it for you know whoever knows how many, who, however many times you've seen it. I don't know, maybe like five. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's get into our ratings. Okay. Um. Do we want me to go first? Um, no, Freddie, you should go last. Okay. Connor, do you want to go first? You can go first. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like if I watch this again, I'll probably revisit it before I watch the sequel. Yeah. Um, if I were to watch this again, I think I would have a more favorable outlook on it. I feel like I just it needs a rewatch in order for me to really appreciate it. Um, the, on this watch, I thought a lot of, I mean, I was, it was very funny. Mm-hmm. It was very funny. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I really liked when he said that it was going to get stomped. It was going to get, um, <laughs> crushed, by, crushed, it was by dwarves. crushed by dwarves. It was in danger of being crushed by the way he said it. It was <laughs> just so the, the delivery yeah. was so good. <laughs> um, that was probably the, the line that made me laugh the hardest. Um, I just, yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, I think towards the end is when I was losing a little of my appreciation for it. And I'll tell you why. It's the same problem that I think Popstar has. And Popstar has been brought up. Mm -hmm. um, Which is when you get to that, like, exposition. Like, the climax has happened. You know, the band's back together. And you have that final performance. Which is very, very much similar to what happens in Popstar. Um, it loses a little of that mockumentary style. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of turns into a movie. Yeah. To me. And I was watching and I was like, this just feels like a movie now. It feels like, you know, the kind of shots that were 
the kind of shots that you see, you kind of see like insert shots and then you see, you know, it cuts away to the crowd and it cuts away to the girlfriend and the manager kind of like, oh, she's annoyed or whatever because it worked yeah. out and all of these things. Um, you know, it kind of like the style of making it look like a documentary um, was a little lost in favor of capturing like a cathartic sort of like exposition, like a, like a good ending, you know. Um, and so on this watch, I was just kind of like, ah, damn, like the same thing happened in Popstar, uh, where they have that big performance and then it just looks like a movie. Um, and so I was just like a little, I guess, annoyed with that. And so with that, I had a good time, but I think I need to rewatch it. I'm at, I'm at a three and a half star right now. Um, on my first watch. So three and a half out of five, seven out of 10. Seven out of That's 10. where I'm at. All right. Where are you at, Connor? Uh, I put it on Letterbox. Letterbox needs to have an 11 option. <laughs> 11. This, goes to 11. The, this movie goes to 11 and deserves to be 11. Like I was saying before, like, I just love how this movie encapsulates, like, documentaries and, like, it's it's subtle at what it's parroting of like give me shelter and stop making sense and like all the rock documentaries that have been coming out around that time in the 70s and the 80s and then also just like the time of like again like hair metal bands are just becoming this big thing and it's just like a good like encapsulation of like what it is and i feel like pre-internet and everything like if because i think the strength of not knowing these main actors is good of like it yeah. blurs that line of truth and fiction of like wait is like it's almost like the Blair Witch effect yeah. of like wait is this real yeah. like wait are, are they a real band but then like the comedic parts trick your tell your brain of like no this can't be real because it's so ridiculous like the Stonehenge thing is so ridiculous that can't be <laughs> that can't be real <laughs> exactly and so like and so with that like I that's why like this movie is such a quintessential like movie like we're saying like when we talk about mockumentaries of like when people do that like they think about that i see what you're saying of like the ending because yeah like the more i think about it like yeah it does like add to that and that kind of like breaks the illusion of like it being a documentary Mm -hmm. but i still like have a good time the whole time that like if it does that so yeah like then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if the style breaks because you're having a good time yeah and and like because of like how much I've learned from this movie of like hearing like people like Ben Stiller or like, you know, comedy legends like talk about this movie and like all this stuff. Like, yeah, like this is a 10 out of 10 movie for me of like how much influence and in like everything this movie has. But if I can give an 11, I would. But it's a 10 out of 10. Nice. All right. My twin. Freddy's twin. Um, yeah. So... Honestly, I would say um, for the bit, I w- for the bit, 11 out of 10. <laughs> for the yeah. bit. <laughs> if I wanted to be completely objective, I would probably give it like a 4 out of 5 or like an 8 out of 10. Mm. Um, but I do, like, I do genuinely love this movie. I don't want it to come yeah. across like I don't. Obviously, I picked it for a reason. Um, but... It's one of those things where, like, I understand that it has a lot of, um, like, 
context to really make it funny. Like you were saying, Connor, like if you don't have the context of like understanding what exactly it is that they're parodied, parodying in the first place, um, like you'll still find it funny, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have that extra, um, that extra like impact of like, oh my God, like this is, they're like hitting all of these beats of like, oh, it's like temperamental, temperamental, like mega rock star yeah. is like pissed about the catering at his in his green room at yeah. his concert. And it's like, this is what we're looking at right here with this like entirely improv bit about these <laughs> like pieces of bread being folded. Yeah. Um, or like the <laughs> or even the, the manager with the cricket bat, the manager with the cricket <laughs> bat. Um or the, the guy named um, Artie Fulfkin. No, Artie Fufkin. Artie Fufkin. But like every time he said his name, it sounded like he was saying fuck. Yeah. Every time. Um, <laughs> and and like even like the like the fucking um, we got armadillos in our pants, and then it cuts to like the next scene with just like this like the the basis with like the comically large bulge in his pants <laughs> um, yeah. it's like it's so funny but i do think that that context is definitely necessary for like a true for that true 11 out of 10 experience that that context is what really pushes it over the edge i think if you don't have that going in like it's the, you'll appreciate it but it's not the I guess it's not it's not quite the same. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of the part of the longevity thing where it is like a lot of younger people aren't very familiar with this because it is it's parodying a time that most people, if they haven't lived through it, they're not super familiar with it. Not sure. It's like you might know the most popular bands from that time. But, you know, how much do you know about what? the culture was like at this time period with these types of musicians to know that like a lot of this is like an inside joke yeah yeah for sure yeah and i yeah i don't think a lot of young people are familiar enough with this style of filmmaking either so it can be kind of difficult yeah to kind of translate this kind of movie in a 21st century 2024 kind of um person but um, yeah, I think I think you're right. So, what's your rating? You you were oh you you were saying I would say, four. I would say like a I would say like a four and a five. But like out really, of 10. it's eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, a, on on a more personal level, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd, I'd give it the eleven out of ten. Yeah. I, I like I love going back and watching um, Spinal Tap because it is it's one of those movies where there's always there's always stuff to find when mm-hmm. you rewatch it because it is like it's just a giant improv session yeah. between like four anywhere from like three to like six people yeah. so there's so many little lines and quips that it's like you might not even realize it on the first time and then the second time it's like oh my god i didn't even catch that this one person say this like yeah. throwaway sentence yeah. underneath another person saying like a super iconic line from the movie and it's you know under 90 minutes so it's easy to just turn on and rewatch, which is why i'm very i'm sure that i'm gonna rewatch this movie so um that's that um on our discussion of this is spinal tap from 1984 so 
That takes us to our next episode, the second film in our mockumentary triple feature is Seabear's pick. What's your what's your pick? My pick has been on my mind for a while and it's the only reason why I made mockumentary month a thing. All right. <laughs> it's because I could squeeze this movie so I can talk about it. And that is 2007's Sony Animation's second movie Surf's Up. Uh, Shout out, Kobe. I love this movie. All this right. is a quintessential Sea Bear movie to the point where I own, I still own, it's right in front of me, the Cody Maverick Build a Bear from back in the day. And yeah, like it, like I love penguins, I love everything. And it's just, it, it was something where like I loved it because of how different it was, different in the way of like, this movie was what introduced me into mockumentaries as a style. And I just like loved it for that. Whereas everyone else, you know, like all the other classic animated movies, but this one for some reason didn't get either enough love or enough attention. But well, we are going to give it attention and some love on next week's episode of triple feature. So, um, you can rent this movie. You can buy this movie. It doesn't look like it's on any streaming services. So for our audience, put on your eye patch and your um, little hat if you are going to watch <laughs> Surf's Up with us and, you know, prepare for our next episode. Or uh, go you to might the have library. to um, do that. So you can access this movie for free. If you want to. Um, yeah. So and your local library, everybody. Yeah. You um, don't want to be eye patch people. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's the end of our episode next week. We'll also have some, uh, the golden globes are on Sunday. So at least I will have some things to say about the winners of the golden globes and how that relates to, the Oscars. Um, and then, so we'll talk about that a little bit next week. And for those of you in the audience who might just be getting started with Triple Feature, um, you can follow all three of us on Letterboxd. Um, my letterbox is just my name. I think it's just Emma Hodge. Um, Freddie, what's your Letterboxd? My letterbox is also just my name, Freddie Dakota, but I think my username is technically F Dakota. And then we have Connor. I have yours memorized, so I can just tell the audience that you are Big Papa okay. Sea Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Big Papa Sea Bear. <laughs> um, and you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Triple Feature Pod, where we post updates and hints at future episodes. So follow us there to keep up with us. And of course, and- tell all of your friends to listen to the podcast and how good it is and rate us and, and review us wherever you get your podcast yeah check us Apple, out support Spotify. us for those of you that have been listening thank you thank you we appreciate you all right we will be back for surfs up for surfs up all right bye everybody yeah. bye 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 bye